Welcome to another Western Ag Life Voices podcast, where we celebrate the people that make up the rich fabric of the Western lifestyle. Please do us a favor and thank the sponsors, because without them, we couldn't bring you these free podcasts. All right, welcome to Western Ag Live Podcast. My name is Dean Fish. I'm your co-host along with Paul Ramirez and Matt Arndt, and we're excited today to bring you another episode. We've got a very, very special guest, Mr. Joel Judge from The Judge Source. Welcome, Joel. Hey, great to be here, guys. Thank you for having me on. Well, glad to have you on board. So as you're going to find out, Joel has a pretty pretty interesting backstory, um, has a lifetime of um, dedication to bettering genetics in the livestock industry and is doing some pretty exciting things and has an event coming up in March. But kind of before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about your background, Joel. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Bakersfield, California on a diversified farming and uh, we ran some cows, probably 70, 80 cows. We ran a lot of show pigs at the time, raised Durocs and Hampshire show pigs. Um, but we really didn't do a very good job running cows. In fact, as I look back now, we were probably some of the worst cattle ranchers that were kind of typical Bakersfield folks back in the day. <laughs> From there, I went to Cal Poly, and this is where you cut me off last time. Also, if I need to say University of Arizona, to be copacetically, <laughs> you guys, I can do that. But I went to Cal Poly. I went to go play football, played a year, got kind of disenchanted with playing ball, got really involved in the animal science uh, department and I started working from the ground up and I did pretty much everything around there from run the cow calf herd and the commercial herd and the bull test and run the show cattle. I was probably in my first big responsibility, but I started at the very bottom and kind of worked my way up and I just was eager to learn. So, so Joel, when, there I go ahead. I'll just real ahead. quick for, before I lose track. Um, when did, did you start livestock judging in 4-H FFA? And then did you do that at Cal Poly or did you judge at Cal Poly? Did you judge collegiately? <laughs> okay. Well, this is a good story. I never judged in 4-H. I never judged in high school. I went to Cal Poly and um, I started out to be on the judging team. And the coach at the time, I'm not going to say his name, we would get into some philosophical arguments about cattle and functionality and how they should look and stuff. And finally he told me I would never judge ever again in my life and I wasn't going to amount to much. And I told him, well, that's fine. I'm going to go on. And I went to work for Floyd Wampler at the time and run the Hereford ranch the last year and a half. I was at Cal Poly. So great experience for me going there. So when I got the chance to judge the junior Angus show at uh, Denver at the national Western, I just smirked and laughed at myself. I wanted to give him a call and said, you know what? I think you're right. I didn't make it that far, buddy. I didn't make it that far. But I think I started judging somewhere in 88, 88, 89, right in there. And I was still going to Cal Poly. The first show I ever judged ever was down in El Centro, California. I'll never forget it. I showed up there and there was like hundreds of these dairy calves. And I was like, boys, I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do here, but I better figure judging, out something quick. Kind of like judging leghorn chickens, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. So I just started handling like a goat or a sheep that you do today. And I was like, once I kind of got a little rhythm, I was off to the race with us. I could say, well, I can figure this out. So, so that's kind of how it was. And But I was always a big proponent of kids and junior livestock. And, and I, of course, encouraged my kids to participate. And I kind of got them going the right way you know my dad growing up he was a hard working guy and 
but he didn't really see much value in anything but just working hard. So that's what we did every summer. We worked hard on the farm and stuff. But there was other experiences I think you really have to appreciate and enjoy and it really gets kids, the youth of America, to grow, you know. And so did, I, I, that was very important for me to get the girls and, and my son Wyatt to, to get involved. Did you show livestock growing up, Joel, at all? Or? Pigs. Yeah. Pigs. We showed a lot of pigs. We used to show at State Fair, L.A. County, Kern County, and Cow Palace. We'd start that summer with, like, between me and my brother, like 20, 20 to 26 barrels or gilts, market oaks. Wow. So, yep. So now All the stuff we raised. So, so now your, your family has been pretty, pretty prominent, um, you know, especially your progeny. Um, well, and you and, and your progeny have been very prominent in show circles, right? You've had some pretty good success in, in the show ring. And um, both yes. as an exhibitor and, and as judges, you want to talk about that a little bit, Joel? Yeah. Um, we did have, we did have a, a nice run of success with uh, the girls and my son or the three of them showing cattle, but we were always upon a pretty, pretty low budget, you know? And um, so we really had to try to figure out ways to, to try to even the playing field for ourselves. So we'd always talk about the philosophy was we're going to outwork them, outfeed them, and we're going to outshow them. That's how we're going to get even. That's how we're going to do these things. And just a lot of small little philosophies that now when I talk to the girls, I had a chance uh, two weekends ago to go watch them judge the VCCP show in Virginia. There were 650 heads showed up at the show. It was just great. I just got a chance to go and we'd go talk at dinner and just reminisce about all the little things that we would do on a daily basis, you know, paying attention to little details. Uh, you know, we didn't have to have a fancy show barn. Or we didn't have to have a fancy truck and trailer. We didn't have to have a lot of the, the things. But you had to have knowledge and you had to have, you know, an understanding and care. And I think uh, a lot of the things of not being able to hire a lot of fitters and those to come along with us, and they had to do it. We had to do it together. And I was good at fitting cattle, so it was easy to start teaching them. And that teaching them how to see things really translated into how to see them and judge those animals and evaluate them. So um, I've been able to judge a lot of parts of the country, and I took Ashley with me quite a bit when she was younger. And, and so she got the experience. I'm not sure she realized the time, but now, you know, she just turned 30, and she totally – understands everything I was doing and they're at another level. I mean, they are at another level than whatever I, I was, or I am. I, I think that today, to be honest with you, I go to a lot of these cow horse, you know, events with my wife and you find all the elder, the experienced people or, or personnel are the ones judging. And so I think today I would actually be a better livestock evaluator than I've ever been in my life because I totally get it now. I, it's all full circle. I get the, what it means to the family and what it means to the grandparents and what it means to the kid and what it means to compete, but also have camaraderie and all those things. That, you know, it's hard to understand that when you're 23 or 24 and you don't have kids or maybe have just a, you know, a newborn until you go through all the experiences and understand that what you experience as a family, the emotions you have, the highs and the lows and, and all the things about competing. But, I think I listen to them and talk and talk reasons and evaluate stuff and, and uh, very confident and they're just on another planet. And I told them that's the way it's supposed to be. We're supposed to raise a better generation than we are, you know? 
that's, that's that. our job. Yeah, for sure. That's our job. Mm-hmm. Well, it's certainly evident, Joel, and, you know, I think all of us, is, you know, that our parents, you know, we think that and try to do that. But, um, you know, for for sure the proof's in the pudding with, with um, you know, your kid's track record and, and kind of what they've been able to do and what they're going to do. And, you know, us sitting on the sideline kind of watching them and cheering them on is, is pretty exciting. Sure. I appreciate that. Yeah. So. So tell tell me a little bit about um, you've also you you mentioned your brother. You also have done a little bit of work with your brother in the past, right? And do you continue to do yep. that? Yep. So Jason, uh, he lives in Bakersfield, California. He has not ventured out from California. Him, him and my mom still live there. Um, he um, he does quite a bit of bull buying, you know, and that kind of all stems back to the days when both of us. I was ahead of him at Vintage and kind of developing the bull sale. And he kind of took it from there. I think it was about year eight or nine. And I think he was there for 15 or 16 years. So he really enjoys that part and, and staying tied to the commercial cattlemen. I, I mean, I love the commercial cattlemen. If I could just sell bulls all the time, that's what I would do. I think that's the salt of the earth. And I think that's the best for me being involved with the cattle industry. But, you know, maybe there's not quite a place for us right now where we sit with that, with our marketing company. And so, um, so he does still help me quite a bit. He started taking a lot of pictures now because there's just nobody around to take pictures of production sales stuff. So he's traveling me. I've taken him to Tennessee and Virginia and Georgia and Alabama and Missouri and, and, and here in Oklahoma and stuff places as well. So that's been great. And he really enjoys that part of it. So he kind of fits in a piece you know, the kind of what we're doing. And, and now both the girls kind of fit into a piece. So, you know, we're kind of making it really a, a more of a family company all the way around. So, but he's, he's kind of separate. He's kind of, we're kind of together, but separate, if that makes any sense. I kind of hire him more as a contract person than anything else. So. Well, that's perfect. Show him a little bit of outside California too. Yeah, that's right. It's <laughs> been a great experience for him. So, so Joel, so that's a great transition. So tell us a little bit about the Judge Source and kind of where that came about and what you're what you're kind of planning to do or what you're trying to accomplish. Judge Source came about. We started managing some sales for customers that were looking for something different or a different uh, representation, um, and so that kind of just grew organically. We started with two or three, and then it kind of grew to. A, you know, four, and then it kind of just started kind of growing. I had been through all that. I barely been trained at Vintage Angus, and we didn't even know we were getting trained. You know, that's why I tell people just get out there and work hard and experience things. You'll learn that there's so many things you learned you didn't even know you were learning at the time, you know, but we did all the sale catalogs. We did all the stuff there at Vintage, and I just learned from Doug Worthington, and, you know, he was so talented, smart, and how to set things up, and even though I harassed him a lot, I mean, I, I would thank him every day. So the judge source kind of started and I have about four consulting clients that I have full time. So I kind of like on a retainer, but I'm more intimately involved with our herds and, and what they do. And that all depends on what they want. Some people like to do more mating decisions and some people need more grazing help or it all varies. There's not any of the four that are the same. But I, I'm so involved with them, too. I can't get too many because then you can't serve everybody correctly. I think we could do five at the most, and I still feel comfortable. So now we, I think we manage about 11 sales in the fall, 
and we'll be probably just at 10 or 11, uh, 10 this spring. And we'll probably be 14 sales in the fall. So fall is going to get real busy. And that's funny because right now it's just myself and Courtney until we started, you know, bringing some of the other family in. So we manage sales for people and I go see them, their cattle ranch and I go there and we'll take pictures and interact with them and try to give them my best insight. And, you know, one thing I always try to do is be very transparent with them ahead of time. So, you know, it's easier to be a little bit disappointed than totally, you know, overwhelmed at sale time when things maybe don't go right or don't go what they thought. But we try to have these conversations ahead of time, be very open and, like I said, transparent so they kind of know what to expect and kind of where we are. I th- I think it's I think so now looking at some of these what I think you call them the judge source sessions that you've kind of yes. been doing mm-hmm. I think that's uh-huh. a pretty innovative and pretty creative way to try to market some of the premier Angus genetics in the in the country so you want to tell us a little bit about those events and kind of yeah well, well so, just before we get going there Joe what was your concept what um, what started you down that path what um, what did you see uh, idiosyncrasy that wasn't being met um, that you felt like you wanted, um, you know, to follow in with this. You mean on sale management? Yeah. Well, just on this judge source, uh, you know, this concept, read, you know, well, you know, and with the animals not live right there with you and so forth. So most of the sales we do manage, we will be live. We'll go there and be live. Like just managing other people's sale, like a production sale. This one was, there was what I really understood. What I really started to understand is that, we've kind of been under a paradigm that the big ranches are the only place to get really good genetics. Okay. And you have to go to these certain ranches. We won't name them and give them any free publicity, but you know, and I, as I traveled to go see, I started really understanding that there's great cattle everywhere, everywhere. And all nooks and crannies of all parts of the country and I realized that, you know, a lot of these small guys, they just need a shot. They just need a chance. They need some exposure. They're not big enough. They can't have a sale. They can't, you know, afford the, the sales cost to put that thing together. They can't get enough animals put together. They just need an opportunity. And so that's kind of how we had the, the thought process of let's get these cattle put together and get them on video or picture or both. Uh, it kind of depends on what, you know, what the categories are and let's get these guys a chance because I've given plenty of people a chance and it's made a huge difference. And we've sold some big dollar cattle for some guys that might run 30 cows in Tennessee or, you know, Northern Virginia or Missouri or, you know, I mean, it's been all over. It's been all over. Uh, so that was kind of concept and we've just done things a little differently and stepped outside the box and I just said, okay, there's no, there's no wrong, and we could try a lot of different ways of looking at how we lay catalogs out, or how we think about it, and what we do, what I like, and what I like to see of all the years of being in the cattle business, what was important to me, what, what wasn't. And I said, we got nothing to lose, you know. We have nothing to lose. Let's just be us. Let's just do us. And uh, so that's kind of how it started. And then I thought, of, well, if we could do that, you know, why don't we make it, what was really inspired me was how I watched Superior and Western Video move and have these destination sales. You know, they go to the Week in the Rockies and they go to Cheyenne and then um, Western Video has their big sale in July 
they go to Reno. Why don't we do that? I mean, nobody's going to want to go to a sale in January in Omaha, Nebraska, or wherever. Nobody wants to go to that. It's kind of like NCBA. You know, you and I, Dean, we were just talking about this the other day. NCBA doesn't go like, hey, let's go to Wisconsin. You know, that almost sounds like a good time. So that's kind of how we started just kind of tying it together. So we started tying it together. Okay, where have we been that nobody knows about, but we want people to know about? The, peop- the places are really um, special to us, special to us, and we want to share that with you. We want to share that experience with people, you know, that, that maybe are going to come from Tennessee or are going to come from Georgia or do come from Missouri, Illinois, and Iowa. They never, a lot of people have never been that many places. So that's where it started. So we launched the first one in the fall, not this year, year before, in California on the Central Coast, right? We had a setup. We could go do a ranch tour and do some things like that. And then we went to New Year's Eve and we went to Arizona. Okay. And then we went in March to Fort Worth. And so um, with that being said, sorry, I apologize. Go to voicemail. Um, with that being said, we made a couple shuffles and we said, okay, let's go to Fort Worth this year, right before New Year's. And, and I think we're going to tweak that one a little again. I'm, I'm not too proud to say this works how I want. This maybe doesn't work as good as I wanted. Uh, the people got the experience to come, but that's kind of it. So now on March 2nd, we're coming to Scottsdale, Arizona. So that's kind of it. I mean, we're going to give people a chance to have exposure show the world to them, show, show the world to them, show the world about them, so on and so forth as we go. So. Well, and certainly we're excited. Um, you know, Dean and I will be there, and um, we're, we're uh, thankful that, you know, you asked us to, to be involved in it. And, and Joel, just so the listeners can see, why don't you give us, uh, you know, an overlay about what's going to happen on time frame and, and as the day is going to progress and um, what that's going to look like and um, so forth. Sure. Okay. So we have about five segments of this sale. It's really kind of morphed into, and it's been very consistent. So on Saturday, the second, I think we're going to try to start at five o'clock and that's five o'clock Arizona time. So that'd be six central. Everyone's pretty tuned to six central and it'd be seven Eastern. So we got to kind of get all the, 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 the time zones in at the same deal. So we're going to sell uh, seven, 16, 16 live half females lots, four bull lots. I think we're going to sell six flush opportunities. So you're basically buying a flush on a bull buyer's choice. I think we're selling seven pregnancies. And then we get into the embryos. And we have a lot of embryos. Too many, probably. But people are excited. And it's a great way for people to buy good genetics with the least amount of investment. But buy high quality genetics. You know, people don't have to buy a, a bred cow, bred heifer. So it's kind of the, like uh, embryos on snow that way. And then we're going to finish it with selling uh, kind of rare and valuable semen. So those, I think we're going to have about, we're going to be close to a hundred lots to sell. So we'll have to kind of get along, clip along a little bit. Probably three quarters of the buying power will be all online. So that has its own little quirks and challenges with kind of slowing the sale down just a little bit. But I try to get people to come to these events, but I don't have to bring any animals. I don't have to bring anything. Bring 
you know, your wife, your girlfriend, Suntown your Lucy. ranch manager, yeah, whatever, and come Love and enjoy ops. it because that's right. Amen. I agree. Yeah. Because so, it's all relationship based. Nobody, what anybody says, we can throw everything out the window. The cattle industry, especially, especially is a relationship based. So, man, when you can get that face to face connection with people from all over the country and just sit and enjoy, do you know how good it's going to be? And that time frame in Arizona and uh, the, the place we picked, we went eight when we were at the, uh, the NRCHA Derby. That's usually first of June. It's right there off the 101 and they have this great restaurant. It's outside and you see all the mountains, you see four peaks and stuff. And, and it was nice then. And it's usually, you know, we're getting a little warm there first part of June. Uh, and can you imagine how good that's going to be? How nice it's going to be? And, it's going to blow people's minds that they're coming. I got, we have some friends that have animals on sale coming from Tampa, Florida, and they've never been to Arizona. I mean, there's a lot of people who've never been. So, well, it's good. I be- know if I left it up to my, if I left it up to Corey, we'd be gone. We'd be there next week <laughs> and never go back. And, and Joel, so. I'm going to promise you it's going to be greener than maybe you've ever seen Arizona this time oh, of year. Man. We've had some tremendous moisture here, and there's going to be a lot of optimism, I think. Um, you know, from that, yeah. from that perspective. And, and, uh, Joel, so we've also talked about this, um, uh, Miranda is going to have their, uh, Arizona Angus bull sale is mm-hmm. going to be mm-hmm. earlier that same day. And, um, you've mm-hmm. set your time frame up where those people can go and attend that, participate with that. And then, yes. uh, go ahead and, um, uh, move forward up to your event uh, later on that evening. So kind of be an Angus sure. day. Yeah. Right. I, I want to be very respectful for not, we're not trying to go on top of anybody and stuff. And, and on a Saturday too, probably it's for us, it's probably going to be a little better for an evening because we're going to have full, a dinner there served. It'll be outstanding dinner. So you come and eat, watch a sale, participate, you know, visit with folks. Um, and, and I'd love to get as many people from Arizona just to come. You know, I, I'm trying to make sure like Terry Van Hielsen's going to be there. They just got to meet people, you know, because I mean, I'll tell you my favorite part of Arizona. I mean, it is, it is no doubt. It's between Sonoida to Nogales. Right there, right, right where the the the, uh, the vice mayor lives. Yes, yeah. Dean? <laughs> that stretch of ground right through there. Right. If I could live anywhere, if I could live anywhere, that's where I would live. <laughs> that is just, I mean, that is as good as it gets right there. But, I mean, people don't even know. I mean, they just think that, you know, they've flown in and out at Phoenix and that's, what they know. So. No, word's getting out. They're coming from Guatemala, Venezuela, Russia, <laughs> okay. Korea, yeah. all coming through Patagonia. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, right. get, they, come, not, they just come right across the border right there. Yeah. <laughs> let's not go down that rabbit trail. But, anyways, Matt, I think Matt Art wanted to ask something. Yeah. Here. Joel, just kind of, you know, going off this event you're going to have in Scottsdale, can you tell us about any of the lots that you have that you're excited about or are you still working on the catalog? I mean, you don't have to tell us, but just. Maybe you can give a little sneak preview for those listening. Okay. So let me just back up two steps. And I'll get right back into that. So we let this, the deadline go to February 5th for people to get in. Of course, you know, that was Monday. And then of course people are two days later. So from Thursday till today, I just sent the catalog off. It's gone. It went to Angus right now. And so, you know, it is just busting tail to get that thing done in a timely manner. Now we have, we have, tried something new as well and now it's really taking off and we run all digital catalog okay but you have to set your timing up right to, to have a digital catalog 
and to drive that thing to keep people from forgetting about it. Because if you're going to print it, you need to be out, you know, probably you got to be ready to go out the door at least a month ahead and allow them time for printing and shipping. So people get it three weeks, two to three weeks ahead. So, so that's a tough one. Um, we have an exceptional for people who are strictly EPD oriented, but still want some phenotype. We have four or five heifers at the front that are big EPD and I've seen them all. They look really good. Some aren't going to have a picture because I mean, we're selling some pretty young. I'm, I think we're selling the youngest one is about three and a half months old, but they're a small producer from Virginia, you know, and their next opportunity wouldn't be till maybe late October. And I said, either sell her now with a recent mother or you hold on and pray she doesn't die or doesn't do anything else, you know? Um, so I'm pretty excited about those young heifers we have. We have an excellent set of flush opportunities. And uh, I think that's another way for people to get into, you know, you buy the, the flush to the bull of buyer's choice. And we have a variation of cattle that are kind of Montana oriented with no EPDs, but a big and stout and easy fleshing from the really Coleman Angus, you know, origins to some that are um, kind of that bigger stouter with a good EPD profile and a kind of a mix in between there. We're selling one really nice bull. I wouldn't call him a big time herd bull, but he has a lot of great features that I think a guy could buy a really nice cleanup bull. He's really high in his maternal trace. He's very calving ease. And it's just an unfortunate situation that we're selling this bull. We sold it to a gentleman and he lost all his lease ground and they decided to just disperse before they even turned the bull out. So they brought him back to us. And we were keeping a third of him to collect and sell semen. So one of my customers, I should say. So uh, the embryos are best set of embryos we've ever had by far. And it goes for everything from the big EPD to the big carcass cattle, you know, heavily gardener influence to no gardener influence to kind of the bigger, stouter, more maternal kind. I mean, we've got a little of everything in there. So, yeah, I like to have the variation. I don't want us to get pigeonholed into one specific type, but I think there's a lot of variation for people and they're from all over different parts of the country. So, and Joel, uh, just for the sake, um, how are bidders going to be able to participate online? Um, what, what, are using, go to what are you using for the CCI. source? CCI. CCI. Live. Yeah. Yeah. They'll be there. And, and so they just need to get in and get logged on and stuff as we go. Uh, we will probably do something again and call this, we call it, I mean, we kind of had it trademarked now, I guess. I don't know how you can do that, but we do a deal we call behind the mic. And about an hour and a half before the sale starts, I walk through the catalog and I talk about them. Usually I have Ashley's been there. Maybe if, uh, Maybe if the uh, vice chairman of uh, Nogales is there, he can walk through it with me and introduce him. But we basically just walk through the catalog and we talk about every lot. And it's kind of a longer discussion rather than just some footnotes of what the good, the bad, and everything else is. Maybe updates as we go. It also gives people a chance to tune in, make sure the connection's good. Can they hear us right? Because there's nothing worse feeling than you start to sail. And you start getting all these text messages. I can't hear you too loud, too soft, too quiet. You know, all these things that we go. My so, nightmare, my nightmare. And it's I've a lived, nightmare, buddy, I've especially lived, when you're heavily, heavily yeah, influenced. I've, that, lived so. a, I've lived a couple of those, I tell you. Hey, let me ask you uh, one other. Who uh, Who's coming in to do the uh, auctioneering part of the sale? You, there's a young man here out of Texas that does a lot of the 
horse auctions with uh, Justin Holmberg. His name is Cody Shelley. Oh, yeah, man. Cody, So you pulled out a good one. Well, we don't have. I, I asked you to do this. I, I know, and we and go Joe, for the best. We go for the best, Joe. We I, go for the best, and we respect. We respect the region, so. Joe, I, I'm going to tell you, and I told Dean this already that uh, I was honored. I really was. Yeah. And yeah. definitely, I was a different state, you know, in my uh, life right now, uh, Joel. I, I will, I'll be real honest with you. That was quite an honor for you to have that much confidence in me uh, to do oh, yeah. your business, and I certainly wish I could have done. Um, but certainly we're going to sure. be there to support you as much as possible. And, and, ever, and I guarantee you, uh, those of you that have never heard Cody Shelley, he's an excellent auctioneer and he's going to do a fantastic job. Did a good job, Joel. Okay. So we're going to do a little pre-test. On him. <laughs> First, I hope he's not listening to this. Cody, we're doing a little pre-test on him. I got a small one we're doing here on the 22nd of February and we're doing it at the Drover. And it's a guy here in Texas, and I think we're doing about 30 lot online sales. Starts at like seven o'clock at night, and we just uh, CCI. It'll, it'll there'll be people in attendance, but it'll give him a feel, and it gives me a feel how it is because when you got a good connection and your ring help is good connection, that and they all kind of get along, and and you have a good rapport, then the the energy builds, and and you make it a really good evening, and and people enjoy it too. You know, people want to come to sale and. It, they don't want to just be bored to death, but they also want to enjoy it as well. So well, they're just trying to make it an experience. That's yeah, the biggest and, thing. And and definitely that, you know, there needs to be an entertainment component to it, but then, you know, an auctioneer sure. needs to make sure that he knows his values and uh, ultimately yeah. knows, you know, when people want to finish or, or be done. And uh, no, I, right. I, I can guarantee you with all confidence in the world, you hired a great auctioneer and Hey, how about that Drover? We, my wife and I stayed there about two weeks ago and I'm telling you, I can't get back to that place quick enough. That, that facility place is really is, nice. Yeah, I, I we, think it's my new favorite place. It is really nice, and when we have that one there, it's it's excellent. You know, usually well attended by most of the local folks and stuff. We just can't quite get that. You know, like there's some sales that go to Vegas, and a lot of people will go because it's going to Vegas. But we're trying not to be about going to Vegas. You know, we're trying to be about coming and experiencing and just experiencing the whole thing. And and like I said have low stress for those consigners and buyers, but come there and create a, an atmosphere that people want to go and start to, you know, rekindle relationships. It's kind of the whole same concept, even as going to NCBA, you know, yeah, you, you yeah. want to move it around. You want to get people to come there so they can go have dinner, whatever, and, uh, and, and get to that and, and maybe make it a little bit more family oriented too. You know I mean? So, and Joel, so, you know, I, I had the good fortune of kind of dating myself a little bit, but I remember as a kid, you know, years and years ago in the Gadsden Hotel in Douglas, Arizona, uh-huh. uh, there used to be a lot, a lot of cattle trades take place in that lobby there, in that particular hotel. Uh, right. And certainly right. if you've never been there, you need to go and just walk around because there was never a lot there. of cattle traded in that lobby. But huh. that lobby in the drover there gave me essence about the way that lobby used to be at the Gadsden. And the couple mm-hmm. days that I was there, I saw a lot of business taking place in that lobby. And uh, a lot of people, come, yep, a lot of people come do business. Maybe not cattle business. Maybe they watched Yellowstone a couple times and threw a cowboy hat on and showed up. But I, I tell hey, you what, that place, whatever, whatever that, promotes our industry, that place reeks of millions. 
<laughs> oh, yeah. I can't get yeah. back there quick enough. Yeah. Anyways, we're, we're probably going to get off on getting in trouble if we keep talking. So I'm going to let Dean put the wrap on it. And Joel, we certainly look forward to seeing you here in a few weeks. And yeah. uh, thank you for coming on today. Uh, I just want to let you know, uh, uh, you got to do a second series for, I want to today when we were on, but I don't want to go down that road today. Uh, but I think yeah. we want to bring you back on and I want to talk to you about, um, you know, uh, beef showmanship and about showing cattle and about, um, you know, from your perspective, uh, what young people should be doing at home and to prepare themselves oh, yeah. when they get in the ring and we'll spend uh, hopefully an hour or so doing that, but we'll do that at a later date. Sure. I'm going to let Dean put the wrap on it. Uh, again, I look forward to seeing you and, um, yeah, we'll talk soon. Thanks, Joel. Well, Joel, thank you guys. It's uh, certainly been a pleasure visiting with you today. If um, someone wants to find out more information about this sale, about some incoming uh, or upcoming events, and how to get in the Joel Judge um, business, how would they do that, Joel? Easiest, uh, find us on, we're on both Facebook and Instagram, The Judge Source. And uh, you can reach out to, our email is thejudgesource at gmail.com. And uh, you can reach out to me, call me, text me. I'm pretty good about getting back to people most all the time. My phone number is 805-234-7191. And that is a California number. So, so you still got the Cali um, number. I like it. I, I never got rid of it. But I did have to get an Oklahoma number when I moved here because no one would take my call. Right. They thought well, Gavin Newsom was coming to give them some well, free handouts from California. So well, I told I, you we were going to go down rabbit trails. <laughs> Don't go down the rabbit trail. <laughs> no, I wanted, wanted to – or go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say on the <clears> – <throat> when we put this episode out probably next week, we'll put okay. a link We'll put a link up in the episode footnotes sure. to to the sale link and then also where people sure. can get in touch with you. So. Sure. Well, That'd be great. Well, I'll promise all our listeners, if you want – if you're serious about quality Angus genetics, you need to be in a Joel Judge business. So look up the Judge Sessions. they got an upcoming event coming up here in Scottsdale, March 2nd. Um, and um, Joel will get you on the right track to get you started if you're already started or we'll upgrade you. Joel, again, thanks right. for having you on. Thank you, guys. Have a great afternoon.